how do you ensure that your language students have a solid foundation and then also continue to thrive as they progress through their grade levels? Language teachers often grapple with this question as they strive to provide the best possible language learning experience for their students. So today, we're going to explore an effective solution to this dilemma, and it is vertical curriculum. I know, you're excited, right? So am I. So let's jump in. Are you a language teacher looking for some reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track? Or maybe you're looking for some ways to teach even more effectively. If you're one or the other or somewhere in between, you've landed in the right place. This is the World Language Classroom Podcast with your host, me, Joshua Cabral. You're about to get tips, tools, and resources so that your students continue to rise in proficiency and communicate with confidence. Let's jump in. Vamos, allons-y. Hello, my friends. Bonjour, mes amis. Hola, mis amigos. Welcome to the World Language Classroom Podcast. I am Joshua Cabral, and thank you so much for being here. Again, I will tell you, so you always are aware that you are an incredibly effective and devoted teacher, educator, because you're taking the time to listen to a podcast about language teaching and to have an opportunity to look at your own teaching and feel great about where you are and what you're doing and be reassured and maybe find some ways to do new things or something in a new way. So just thank you so much for taking the time to do that and for being the incredible educator that you are. So on this episode, we are going to talk about vertical curriculum. Now, as I asked in the beginning, that opening question of how do we make sure that our students have the foundational skills they need in their language learning, but then we also continue to build on them. And when we have a vertical curriculum, we are looking at it from the very beginning all the way through to the end, and it's looking for a through line. So a vertical curriculum this essentially describes what you want students to know or be able to do with the language as they move through each grade and it's linking all the concepts from grade to grade to create a long-term teaching plan. So that means we're never asking, did they ever cover this? Was this, what, who might have done that? Oh, let me ask that teacher if in Spanish too they learned about this and to make sure that everything is accounted for. Now, many schools and school districts and departments have very detailed curriculum that will cover all this, but in the event that you don't, it's something to look at within your department so that you can be looking at not just the concepts that are taught in terms of vocabulary blocks or themes or grammatical topics. Those tend to be the things that show up in the curriculum, but when we're having our vertical curriculum that is proficiency-based, we want to make sure that it's the proficiency that is aligned as well and that you are seeing where are students at novice low, when are they going into novice high, when are they at intermediate mid, when are they pushing towards intermediate high. So really looking at the proficiency, and that's going to be very different than the topics that are being covered. 
because you could cover the same topic in a level three class and a level one class, a same cultural topic, but you're going to do it at a very different proficiency level. So we just want to make sure that our proficiency levels are showing up in our vertical curriculum along with those possible different topics that are aligned with culture or vocabulary or language structures. So having a vertical curriculum really provides a framework for learning and teaching skills and knowledge from the basics or the foundation, moving to more advanced learning through each class and grade as they go through the program. So as we have this vertical alignment in our schools, regardless of the department, I mean, we're going to talk about specifically to our language departments, but this goes with all curriculum in all schools. A vertical alignment provides a smooth and organized curriculum that prepares students for that next grade level. And of course, every teacher may introduce different elements within any course based on individual learning styles. So this isn't a departure from differentiation. We do want to respond to different learning styles. But the basic structures on a specified section or content area of learning are going to happen. So that we know in a particular course at a particular time of year that students are using novice high language and they're engaging in this content. But to make sure that even if you do have a very specifically identified curriculum, that it does move beyond just that idea of the topics that are covered, but the language that is used, the type of language, the text type, the proficiency level is attached to it as well. And some of the challenges that happen are that we may say, oh, students learned past tense, or they do that in level two. But that's not necessarily the proficiency level. So we want to make sure that we're going through, and this might be an opportunity, to make sure that there are proficiency levels attached so that we make sure that the skills are building on each other because we don't want to have a topic in a, say, level two class, a high school level two class, where they need to be using past tense language. They haven't really covered that yet, but the topic lends itself to that. So you can see all the things I'm going to talk about I put together in a blog post. So if you'd like to have that to share out or to reference, you can go to my website, wlclassroom.com slash vertical curriculum. Very clever, right? So wlclassroom.com slash vertical curriculum. The link is also in the show notes. But I'm going to highlight everything here but so that you have it all in a cohesive one-stop place where you can get it all. You can get it at wlclassroom.com slash vertical curriculum. So we touched on this a little bit, but let's look at what exactly is vertical curriculum alignment. So yes, we have a vertical curriculum, but we also say it's vertical curriculum alignment. And so looking at this idea of building a house, so building a vertical curriculum, think about this metaphor of building a house and emphasizing that strong foundation because we are not going to build the walls and the roof on a house before you have the foundation. You have to start with that strong foundation. And each level is then going to add layers 
of skill and knowledge that support the next. So again, this idea of trying to put on the roof of the house before you do the walls of the foundation, it's not going to work. And the same thing is going to happen in terms of our curriculum, where we are maybe putting things into a level two, a level three, a level four course with this expectation that those skills were honed in on earlier on. And when you actually look at the curriculum, it's not in there, even though it's expected to be. So once we have aligned this, and that's what we mean by align, is you actually go back and you map it out of when those things are being covered. And when we do that, students can then confidently progress from things like basic vocabulary to discussing literature and global issues. And if they haven't been exposed or introduced to some of those themes and vocabulary, it's going to be more challenging. If that is the goal to get there, then plan backwards through the years and make sure that they are engaging in the vocabulary and themes that they will need to be able to do that. On an episode a few weeks ago, I talked about pre-AP lesson planning and, and how you can start preparing students for the AP exam beginning even in the lower levels. So that actually complements this idea. So I'm going to make sure that the link to that episode is also in the show notes for you so that you can listen to that in combination with this idea of vertical curriculum planning because they do complement each other pretty well. So what are the benefits for students and teachers of having this vertically aligned curriculum? So I already mentioned that it has that seamless transition, you know, between the grades for students. The other thing is that it makes sure that there are no gaps in language learning, that those gaps are prevented through this vertical alignment, where again, you think that might be happening, but it's not, and to make sure that it's actually happening. Once you do it, we have to make sure that the teachers in our department are following that particular curriculum as well. And teachers also benefit very much from this process because it's so collaborative and you're sharing student progress. You're looking at this is what I want to do. So in earlier years, if we do this in level three, if we do this in level four, if we do this in level two, what can happen in level one? And so it opens up to much more collaboration amongst teachers and colleagues as well. So what exactly is involved in creating this curriculum, this vertical curriculum? And many times we do have a curriculum, but to look at, is it truly aligned vertically? And so when we look at a scope and sequence, what is a well-structured scope and sequence? Well, as long as it illustrates how it acts as a roadmap for language learning and acquisition, then that's what makes it effective. And it can look many different ways. It's not a cookie cutter thing when you're looking at curriculum and scope and sequence, but we want it to be a roadmap with a starting point and an ending point, and then all of the process in between to get students there. So we want to make sure that we have that scope and sequence. And then part of that is going to be the language skills progression and that whole interdependence of language skills, if it's listening, speaking, reading, writing, all of the modes, so looking at that novice level going into the intermediate level and always attaching the proficiency levels onto the different themes that are coming up so that you can actually revisit a theme again, another topic that comes up and it might come up each year but it's going to be done in a different way because it's at a different proficiency level. And so many times we think of curriculum as, oh, they covered Day of the Dead. 
So we don't do that again in level two because we did it in level one. But if you're looking at a vertical curriculum in scope and sequence with a proficiency lens, then you can revisit those topics, but students are going to do more with it because they have a higher proficiency level. They'll do more in the target language to engage with that topic. So it doesn't always have to be reinventing themes, but you can revisit the same themes at different proficiency levels, and that can be part of this vertical curriculum. So how do we work in our ideas of vocabulary and grammar development and structure development and understanding of language? Well, the role of vocabulary as a building block is so essential, as well as the grammatical frameworks of the language as well. So as we are working through our vertical curriculum to make sure that we are not lining up in terms of the complexity of grammar, because that's a lot of times how more legacy traditional textbooks have gone about presenting grammar. It's from the, the basic understanding to getting to more complex ways of understanding grammatical concepts. And that doesn't necessarily follow the way the language is going to be acquired. So just to look at, is it appropriate to put in past tense in this level one or level two rather than waiting to a level three or level four because that's when it comes up in the curriculum because it's thought of as needing more cognition or understanding to be able to do it. But in terms of language acquisition, it can happen much earlier on if that's the natural place for it to be within a theme. So looking at your vertical curriculum, where would that be? Where is that going to be? And then also revisit it and make sure that it comes up multiple times. So when we are creating this vertical curriculum, it's really important to just be open-minded and to be collaborative amongst teachers. It's so important that teachers from various grade levels work together to do this. And it's not just, oh, we're the teachers that teach Spanish too. But you want to get together with those teachers that teach level one. You want to be with the teachers that teach the more advanced courses. Because being all a part of this discussion will show how teachers can identify common challenges and see where you can enhance curriculum and see, oh, well, we don't actually cover that because we have this assumption that it's happening there. And then you realize it's actually not. And that's where one of those gaps come up. So to have different teachers that are teaching even different languages and also different levels, a part of that collaborative conversation is so important. And so you have these vertical team meetings where you're all able to come together and streamline the curriculum and so that you all have your voices heard in it and your experience. And that will directly affect how you're doing assessment. Because one thing that often doesn't happen within departments is consistency when it comes to assessments. And it's so important that we are employing similar methods and criteria. And that might also mean that teachers are collaborating on developing rubrics for assessment so that you can all be a part of it, that you're all going to be using your rubrics and your assessment in the same way so that it's not just one-off different teachers at different levels and to make sure that part of your vertical curriculum includes the language elements and the skills but also how they're going to be assessed at the different proficiency levels as well. 
So this sounds all well and good, but I know that a lot of times there are some challenges that come up, particularly if you're not in a leadership position within your department, it can be a little challenging to initiate some of these conversations. But I just want to talk through what some of those challenges might be and how we can work through them, because we do want to get to this place of a very cohesive vertical curriculum. So the first thing is always time and resources. Take everything else out, and it's just this question of time and resources. It does take time to do this. I would say that use digital platforms, which most of us are doing already. Start small. Start with the big picture. Here are all of the courses. This is the end point of where we want them to get to. Now let's just plan backwards from there and just do major themes for each grade and then within each theme what are the vocabulary blocks and what is the proficiency level what are the language structures that might come in there so start there and then as you're going through each one then as teachers are teaching those units you can begin to develop them with more detail going through but to try to vertically align the entire curriculum right away without doing a backwards planning will make it a little more challenging so make it manageable by doing it in those chunks from bigger picture and then getting down to the details and you know sometimes and some of this there might be some resistance of change because change in education change in the way we do anything can sometimes be a little challenging so just gradual introduction with new strategies and technologies of anything always so that teachers don't feel like oh i have to reinvent everything you know so that's why i'm saying start with the big picture and then plan backwards from there and make this a multi-year process. This is not something that's gonna be done in a month or two if you want it to be done well. So sort of having that planning that way. So let me give you some action steps for your department. And I'm speaking very much about my own personal experience with this because we have been going through this specifically with my own department right now, uh, where I'm the department coordinator. So I'm overseeing our curriculum alignment and making sure that as we are all revisiting our grading practices as a school right now and to be more equitable and proficiency and competency based with our grading we have to start with making sure that our curriculum is aligned vertically so that we can put those standards and those proficiency targets at each level. I'm speaking for our language department, but the math teachers are doing this and the English teachers are doing this. What are those standards that you want to hit at each level? Then after that, then you can start to look at what are the individual standards and proficiency levels for each course and then for each unit then you want to grade on those very specific details of the standards and proficiency levels. But you can't just start to produce those for your level two class or your level four class if it's not part of the overall curriculum that is vertically aligned. Again, I will say small scale alignment. Start there at the make sure that you do the overall of what you want the the ending standards to be and then work backwards for each grade level and then within each grade level to each unit and make sure you're including vocabulary blocks possible language structures and for sure the proficiency levels at the different communication modes 
And once you have those, you'll start to see how you will build on them and label your classes that way. We're even looking at taking away the numbers of our courses, you know, like the level one, level two, level three, and naming them novice high, novice mid, intermediate mid, or intermediate low to really name them that way because that is standards-based and that is competency-based way more than just saying a level one or a level two. There is the whole idea of a vertical curriculum and so now it's your turn. I always like to put this all out there, but it's just a fun and interesting idea unless we actually do something with it. So I would encourage you to embrace the idea of collaboration because everyone's working from the same vertically aligned curriculum. And that means that through that collaboration, you're going to just have a lot more consistency in what's happening in classrooms that will definitely affect assessment practices because of that proficiency and always just keeping that growth mindset. And the impact of a vertical curriculum on student proficiency you will see is, is very profound because students know what to expect. They know what the skills are and they know what they will be expected to do and then find pride in what they are able to do at each proficiency level. So I know that got a little theoretical in the weeds of what's happening in our departments, but you know, spend some time with that idea of looking at your curriculum and just to make sure that the foundational skills happen earlier on and that you're just building on them as you go through. Be sure to check out the show notes where you will see the link to my blog post on vertical curriculum, or you can also just go to wofclassroom.com slash vertical curriculum, where I have everything laid out in a really clear way so you can share with others or reference on your own time. And also there is the link to Talking Points, which is my weekly email newsletter with tips and resources for language teaching. And other links. They're the links to get in touch with me if you would like to work together either in person in your school or remotely. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the World Language Classroom podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so that you never miss an episode. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. Connect with me on X, aka Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WL Classroom. And for even more valuable resources, visit my website, wlclassroom.com, where you'll find over 300 blog posts about language teaching. So stay inspired, keep growing, and continue making a difference in your language classroom.